Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your children's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. You can tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy and Santa, and then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it on your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android and is free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. This episode is also brought to you by my digital media agency, One Circle Media. One Circle creates content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms, servicing networks, studios, brands, and Fortune 500 clients. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I would love to hear from you. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoy this episode of The Working Experience. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? Man, HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was living his toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Hey, everybody. It's Maddie Kay. And John. And we're here. I don't know what we're going to discuss today, but Matt and I are working hard. We're well, basically rudderless, but we're working very hard. So it's pointless. We're just going Point, in circles. It's essentially, it's, just, it's completely pointless. <laughs> People say work harder, not... No, wait a minute. Work smarter, not harder. I don't know what... I don't do either, so it's... <laughs> just kind of... You Listen, you're, you're, killing, uh, you're killing two birds with one stone. I, I don't know how to work harder or <laughs> well, I don't work hard and I don't know how to work smart. So rudderless is where it leaves me. Um, Every, everything in my life, it just it, it comes down to that skip button that you get for like YouTube or anything. I skip it, skip, fast forward, delete. I want nothing to do with it. I uh, yeah. Well, I just go back into trying to be the funny guy. Like, I try to crack everybody up at work to try to cover the fact that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. <laughs> you know, that's pretty there, much there's what nothing, I do. There's nothing better than ill-timed humor, right? Yeah. No, everybody just wants you to do your job. But I, I excel more in the area of 
excuses, shifting blame, you know, putting responsibility on other people. Oh, I thought Ted was going to do that. Oh, did you want? Okay. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. It's yeah. in the Pro- process. Promises. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm going to do it. And then I always like to throw in some long silences and dead stares. Right. <laughs> right. No idea what you're talking about. Did we talk about this? Did we? I don't know. I've met, in all seriousness, more than once, I've been in a meeting and people are saying stuff and I'm like, what is everyone talking about? Like, what is this? That I <laughs> like, just... you just, you just been dropped into this meeting. No idea. And it's stuff I'm supposed to know about. Like, apparently I didn't read an email or something. And I'm just like, like Friday, everyone showed, not everyone, but a lot of teachers showed up at school wearing these long sleeve yellow shirts. And then I realized I didn't check the email that we were all supposed to wear. It's like student (laughs) count. (laughs) I don't have a yellow. I'm I'm always looking around like, yeah, and kids notice. They're like, no yellow shirt, huh, Mr. Kerr? I'm like, no. I'm like, yet again, don't know. No, I didn't check the email. Once again, Maddie Kerr is a, a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> with, with just standing there with kind of a dumb smile on my face, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and you don't know whether to like kind of feel sorrier for you yeah. or be annoyed by you. It's a lot of mixture. It's a lot of mixture. It's a mix. It's a cocktail. Yeah. And that's my sweet spot. People feel they're annoyed, but they feel bad for me, so they don't want to lay into me too much. That's where I swim. That's where I'm pretty good at, you know, oh, I didn't know. I Oh, we were supposed to do that. Okay, yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, I thought, and it's all crap. I didn't think anything. I didn't know. Well, one, one of my favorite expressions is, oh, really? Oh. Like, <laughs> the, 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 like oh, this is really happening? Or, oh. oh, really, I was supposed to do this? Oh, okay, okay. I pull that one a lot. Okay, right. Yep. Yep. Like it's, now it's, it's coming it's back. It's soothing. It's it's soothing for the other party too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Right, yeah. Everyone settle down. Okay, so, you know, I I forgot to, you know, give the meds to my parents this morning. Yeah. Everyone settle down. I thought my brother was going to do that. He didn't do Oh, <laughs> see, I thought every other Monday he was taking care of that and it just just BS. We're going to do um, a video when I come to New York, and I'm going to do a little demonstration for people on how to look in a meeting like you're interacting, like like you're engaged when you actually have no idea what's happening. Like you don't know what anyone's talking about, but you nod a lot. You look at people when they're talking, you're like, hmm, yeah, yeah. Write stuff down. That's a big yeah, one it's, right it's, there. It's like a, a master class in acting for the workplace. That's right. Always, always, I'll, I'll, I'll tell everybody this, show up with a yellow legal pad and pen. There you go, right? Write well, notes. I mean, there's, and there's also the, um, the technique of just looking around the room and nodding. Yeah, just give, giving everyone a nod, like yep. you know what the f is going on. Yeah, but yep. you're actually not you're not really hearing anything per se. No. <laughs> no. You're just <laughs> circling the room, giving yep. the old nod, like, yep. "Hey, hmm. I, yeah. I, I, we we got this." Whatever, Bob. You know, yeah, 
whatever's going down in the next week and month, I'm with you in the trenches. Yep. And you have to like, Bob says something like, I think we should try to increase our marketing to blah, blah, blah. And you jump. Yeah. You know, I like what Bob said that that segment is very important. I think we really need to focus in on that. You just repeat what he just said. Yes. And, repeat and, yeah. and, and, and drop in focus strategy. Yep. Teamwork. Uh, synergy. I love the word synergy. synergy. I don't really know what that means, but I like it. You know? Hey, guys, I think we need to build uh, synergy. And and somebody in a meeting kept throwing in the word triage. Do you know what that means? Oh, yeah, triage. I What's like that? that? That's, like, uh, that's like a medical term, right? When all, all crap is going, it's going, you know, a patient is like about to die, so they triage him. Right. No, but I thought not. Well, maybe, but this was in an educational setting. So <laughs> I don't know. No, that. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's like I think it's like triage is kind of like uh, like a medical emergency, all hands on deck. So right. like in a Let business me... sense or an education sense is like we're losing the patient. We all we all got to jump on this or we're losing this project. Wait, hold on a second. I I've, I've got this wonderful tool in front of me called Google. Okay, triage nurse, triage definition. I'm going to figure this out right now. Uh, in right, a medical listen, use, while, while you're while you're searching this, let me just remind all our listeners to please share the Working Experience podcast with their friends and family. Please rate and review us. Uh, Matt and I are working on our Patreon account. We're working on the tier levels. We're going to give away some free. No, oh, it's not free stuff. Everything has got a price in society. Get some mugs, T-shirts. Uh, Matt's willing to send everyone a personalized video against my uh, better judgment. And uh, it should be up in a week or so. So be on the lookout for that. That personalized video is going to make you the most popular person in your office, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Guar guaranteed. That's the Matt Kerr stamp of guarantee. And that's worth its weight in gold. It's backed by the federal government. So... Uh, triage assigned degrees of urgency to wounded or ill patients. Uh, so I suppose you could just use it generically to say assigned degrees of urgency, meaning what needs to be attended to generically. Like, in, you know, you know what I'm just, I'm not really paying attention to what you're saying. What I was just thinking <laughs> about is, <laughs> is wouldn't it be really funny if we created, you know how they have like master class? It was like you and I should create a master class on like how to get a raise in your in your job. And during the the process of asking your boss for a bump in salary, they can just hand over the phone and we can have pre-canned video messages to really give the boss the old one two. I think in, in many aspects, we could have a master class, like seeming engaged at meetings or <laughs> uh, trying to avoid work, you know, like you didn't turn in that presentation like you were supposed to. It, it really, it's an, it's an art. It's a dance. Yep. Yep. Right. Not, not and... only did you not finish the presentation, you don't even really know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even sure what they're talking about and we'll to, teach and to you learn from two masters at the game 
Oh, I mean, always, yeah. always ducking and dodging. Yep. Here, here's the curtain. Here's not the curtain. I'm hiding. I'm showing. I'm here. I'm there. Yeah. It's like a Jedi master. Jedi master. Exactly. You know where this started? Uh, years ago, John and I uh, were roommates or apartment mates with uh, two of our other friends. And I took a real estate finance class that I knew absolutely nothing about. I had no business taking this class at all. But at my parents' urging, and since they were paying the bills for college, I took it. And John had taken this class the year before, or the semester before. So he handed me his entire project. (laughs) Because I had absolutely no idea what this project was. I couldn't even read the textbook. I didn't know what we were doing. And and I remember you handed me this stack of remember that green and white computer paper? Right, right, yeah. And you handed me this whole stack and I'm looking at it like this is what we're supposed to do? It was just covered in numbers and letters and equations and I, I mean I honestly had no frame of reference. There was no way I could even start this thing. And I was taking the class pass fail. You would have the same professor. I think I remember he was this yeah, was, rather was portly big, gentleman. Yeah, big dude. Yeah, and he he worked in real estate in New York. I mean, he was the real deal, and he was a good teacher, and he was a good guy. I went and explained to him, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just taking this pass fail, and he said, Yeah, yeah, you know, no problem. And I, I showed up to all the classes and everything, but I handed that in, and I was nervous because I thought he's going to be like. All right, I already saw this, and uh, he he was just like, no problem. Here, you, you know, it's fine. And uh, I said to him, I had a lot of help with this. I just want to be upfront about that. And he was like, yeah, 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 no problem. So that was one of my first forays into just like grabbing someone else's work and taking credit for it, and that has served me very well throughout my career. That was the beginning. That yeah. was that's that was Matt's first taste. Yeah. Yeah, because it was a and business by, just class. As a, just as a side note, I think that do, that uh, professor was into some dark stuff. I remember somebody asked him one time if something was legal. And he was like, uh, he's like, look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not here to talk about legal and illegal. I'm just telling you, you know, like, okay, you know, sure. If you deal in finance, I'm sorry, not finance, real estate in New York, there is no way you're not into some shady stuff. I don't think you can. Yeah, be no, into there's, that. there's no way you can come out of that clean. You can't. Like, can you honestly sell a building in Manhattan without dealing with criminals? I don't think so. Uh, you you definitely can't build a building. No. Uh, no. You know, and I would, you know, and you know, I would also crooked politicians, bribes. I, it's in it's impossible. I mean, I know me, that from I know that from New York. I, I'm, I can't I can't make that blanket accusation across the entire United States, but in New York, I mean, just with the, you're just dealing with the unions. I mean, concrete. I, the, the, these the, all these things are controlled. You know, this organized crime has a finger in it. Oh, did you just did you hear about that uh, mob boss they killed on Staten Island? Yes, I did. That was like an old school, like old school baby, nineteen eighties John Gotti style rub out. It's yeah. pretty, yeah. 
I didn't even know they still were around. Like, I didn't know, you know, the Gambinos had a crime boss. But I guess they've just sort of... Uh, they realized with John Gotti it was way too high profile. So I guess, you know, they just, they're very flexible, very adaptable. They just like kind of change shape and uh, they're always going to be there, you know, and especially in construction and selling real estate and all of that. And they had a toehold in Wall Street with like, I don't know, stock frauds and all kinds of like very complicated stuff. It's kind of nuts. Um, all right, well let's uh let's get some uh let's get some focus on this podcast. All right. So, um let's say things are well, you're interviewing for a job and um this that I well, it's not really an article. I found it on Top Resume and it's about using humor in a job interview. Um <clears throat> and the question is, interviews can be so serious and boring. How can I weave a little humor? while still coming across as professional. That's the tightrope right there. Uh, number one, it says stay away from jokes. I, I don't agree with that. Uh, I like em- to go right embrace, in with the <laughs> Embrace jokes. This is what I, I, what I like to do is everyone sits down in the meeting. There's about 10 people across. The papers are shuffling. And all of a sudden, from my end of the table here, knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's there not my project done yeah <laughs> you like that you know what i like to do is um have them on note cards so i so i remember the punchline. yes know? yeah and, and then shut and then shuffle through them and deliver the wrong punchline. <laughs> yeah joke. it'd be like oh you know i drop these and they're kind of out of order hold on and then be like, oh, I should really number these next time. Because it really is funny if I if I tell it in the right sequence. So anyway. Right. Uh, number, <laughs> number two is reflect on something genuinely funny or fun in your life. <laughs> oh, God. That's brutal. That is brutal. Uh, mine was going to be, uh, you know what? I stepped in dog shit on the way over here. Man, <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Yeah, that that could go terribly wrong <laughs> if you're like some you think is funny and the other person really oh, it's, doesn't. It's just it's just wrought with problems. Yeah, uh, it's, and the other thing too is like humor in that setting. We oh, I've I've been in excruciating meetings with people trying to be funny, oh, and it's God. so painful. Yeah. It's just a, a really, re- and then everyone is like that kind of like that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's that laugh, but it's kind of like you're throwing that person a bone. It's yeah. the polite laugh, right? It's not yeah. a, no, no one's like laughing out loud. It's the polite, it's, uh, uh. <laughs> no, you know what I love is when someone is recounting a joke that they told, like, so then he said, so then, you know what I said? I said, like, oh, God, like, this wasn't even funny the first time. Like, you know, that that's another uh, conversational tick that I can't stand is when somebody says, so you know what I said to him? And I feel like saying, obviously, I don't. I wasn't there. <laughs> You're telling me, so you know what I did then? No. And it's always so awkward. Or like, 
So you know what I would do? No, I don't. Like, oh, God, it, just, it drives me. I encountered this person working on the short film. He was, like, working for us. He would constantly do that. So it, go on with these, like, boring stories and then say, so you know what I said to him? No, I don't. No, I, I really don't know what you said to him. I don't know. It's just one of those. The, 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 uh, the last point of the article is, remember, if you are not funny, don't try to force it. There are plenty of other great ways to connect and be impactful. It's like, how about... <laughs> How, how, how do you have the self-knowledge that you are not funny? Maybe no one has told you in your no, life. No, that's the that problem. You, no, that's I the know. problem. Right. Remember, if you're not funny, don't try to force it. No, force that peg no. into that, <laughs> that square peg into that round hole. Go do home. Do not give up on it. Go home and practice relentlessly in front of the mirror. That's what you should do. Just practice I, it. I, I take it like I'm a stand-up comedian, and it's the first night every night, and I got to get through a 20-minute set, and I'm going <laughs> to come hell or high water, I'm going right. to get through it. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is great. You know, the irony of it is, whoever wrote this, this is what they came up with. You might be thinking, this is all great in theory, but how do I apply it? Let's start with an example. While interviewing for a job as an accounting manager, I was asked about my ability to collaborate effectively in a high-pressure situation. I took the opportunity to weave in some job interview humor. Like, it's already, oh, it's already terrible. That's a great question, I said. I'm glad you asked, because deadlines and high stakes can quickly turn a working relationship confrontational. As an auditor, I am no stranger to having to ask sensitive questions, dig into mistakes that could potentially damage someone's career, and poke around when people are just trying to do their jobs. To be effective at what I do, I had to come up with something that would lighten the mood and get me better results. I decided that I would bribe my clients. At this point in the interview... At this point, the interviewing manager's eyebrows went up in surprise as I delivered the punchline with chocolate and cookies. <laughs> this is what this person thinks is funny. It's literally so bad. Painful. It's painful. And you know what it, you know what else is like the canned jokes, the hey, you know, the rabbi, the priest, <laughs> you know. That's how I start. That's how Those I do it. Those are the absolute worst. You are going to get nowhere with that. No. I know. And it says that got a chuckle as I went on to explain the homemade cookies and foil-wrapped chocolate treats Earn me the way into my clients' stomachs and hearts. Oh, <laughs> As a result, see, Lord. this is you know what's even better here. He's explaining the joke. That's that's even the worst. That's the, worst. the best. That that's the cherry on top of the bad joke is explaining it. Love it. I love it. Delicious oh. food will get you far. I would never. I'd have to say, listen, we're done here. We're just you know, we're done. 
Like there I, was, I, a, there was. This is a recent. Uh, um, I was. I have a project coming up, and I was um, interviewing DPs to uh, to do a, a bunch a bunch of local shoots, multiple days. And this was like the fifth guy that had come in. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna name names. I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass the guy though. If he's listening to this, I think I will embarrass him. He on paper, real excellent, great. I'm like this. This guy is gonna be contender, top three. At the end of the interview, he makes a horrific joke. <laughs> he he makes a. Um, it was like, I, I can't remember the con it wasn't a can joke. It was like, like a context joke of what we were talking about. And I, um, I kind of like laughed it off and then he goes, well, you know, it's like a, like a dad joke, you know, like a joke you would make. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, you just, you just delivered like a really bad joke. And then you're throwing it on my lap. Like, <laughs> I would have said that. I was like, all right, this guy is immediately out. He's gone. Because you know what, too? It's like I w I'm going to have to, for the first couple of shoots, I would have to be on location with this guy. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's not just like the, the, the level of his, you know, of his, you know, you know, deliver, you know, setting up the camera, delivering the shoot and all the shots and all, the, all that artistic element. I got to get along with this guy for 10 hours a day. And right. within the last two minutes of the interview, I was like, nope, not going to happen. Yeah, just don't, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like, you got to kind of read your audience, you know, and just when I, you first meet somebody, it's just like, you know, keep it professional, like answer questions, you know, this and that. You can kind of get a sense usually. Like I remember, you know, Speaking with some people, like, on the West Coast, like, I don't know. My sense of humor does not really jive with theirs. So if I were interviewing for a job out there, it would be a little odd because, I don't know, like, people are so – they're laid back in a sense, but they also tend to take everything very seriously. Like, there's yeah. not a, that level of sarcasm, you know what I mean? Where if you come from New York or Boston, that's your stock and trade. So oh, I mean, especially Boston and New York, but I, that's what I, that's where humor comes. Like where I think it's the funniest stuff is like con contextual stuff, like and also sarcasm, which I think is is hilarious. But in order to be, in order to get into that context with someone, in that sarcasm is you have to know that person, right? So you right, have to yeah. like and the, all these shared experiences. So if you're <clears throat> sitting down with a meeting with someone that you just met, you know, hitting them with a couple of jokes <laughs> to, to soften <laughs> up the situation is the worst thing you could do. The absolute worst thing. Hey, did you hear about Bill Clinton and the oral office? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and just letting it hang out there and they're just like uh-huh like i remember i was uh when i i started uh a job i was a long-term sub but i was starting at the beginning of the year so there were some new teachers there and our department head was like look you know just somebody in another school district had brought in their own laptop and you know there was uh Obviously, they 
like to watch adult movies in their spare time. And it was on the laptop and somehow it leaked into something he was projecting and it caused a problem. Let me put it that way. So (laughs) the department head was like, look, like personal devices and stuff, I would just advise not using them in school. And she goes, you know, bottom line, just leave the porn at home. And I, uh, so I was like writing down, okay, leave the porn at home. Like, okay, I didn't know that, but I'll, you know, make a note of that. And, you know, I wasn't trying to get a fall down laugh out of it, but it was, you know, kind of spur of the moment. She appreciated it. And, you know, because it's a really awkward conversation to have to have with adults. Like, don't bring your adult material into school, you know, like leave that at home. I, I was um, on a I was on a shoot and there was uh we had a, a cell phone that was a prop for the for the actor to use and it was it was a very like kind of boring scene and it was like a business scene a business e scene um for for this I'm not going to name the, who the client was or what the video was but the uh, the PA who was prepping the phone like the actor was supposed to be looking at was reacting to something on the phone he so the pa thought it'd be funny if he put porn on the phone (laughs) so the actor would be he's supposed to be reacting to some like boring business message so he puts porn on the phone yeah and the actor thought it was funny i was the director i was unaware of it and then the client comes over to the scene and it's like, no, I want the actor to pick up the phone and say this into the phone. Uh, Client comes over, picks up the phone. Bam. It just like, I don't know what was on there, like Pornhub or something. (laughs) And the client just hands me the phone and I go, Oh Jesus Christ. (laughs) So I had to diffuse that situation. Was he offended? The client? He was, I mean, Thank, thank God it was a, it was a, a man. Uh, if yeah, it was a yeah. woman, it would, it would, it was, I mean, the images were pretty offensive. Yeah, I think yeah, he, yeah. it was, it was highly unprofessional. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't think he was <clears throat> upset, but you know, I mean, here we are in a studio, right? You know, He's paying, paying thousands of, money, of dollars right? an hour. And you know, the actors, it, it looked like the actor was looking at porn on the phone. Right, right. And then I had to deduce what happened, and I then I later followed up with the client. It was like it was a joke, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. It won't happen again. So, yeah. um, so here are the takeaway tips from top resume. Humor is only one part of your professional image. You can make it larger or smaller, but don't neglect your other professional attributes. Coming across as a perpetual jokester will not serve you. Well, if you... A jokester. A jokester. That's me. A jokester. Always the pranks. I like to run up and, like, pull someone's pants down and just be like, hey! You know... Read your audience and follow the interviewing manager's lead. You cannot control how well your humor lands with the listener. So pay attention to cues. Pushing it too far can feel awkward and unprofessional. The opposite of your desired effect of helping the conversation flow and lightening the mood. Uh, yeah. Probably if you say something like, yeah, I got a free douchebag. <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing just like comes to a halt. If you plan to use humor, this is what's so, if you plan to use humor, yeah, like, don't, don't plan it. 
then you're not, not funny. Planning. Then you're not funny if you have to plan to use humor. If you plan to use humor, practice first. <laughs> Bad idea. Test Bad it on idea. family and friends. And if they are not laughing, try a different approach. <laughs> Do you imagine at Thanksgiving dinner, you're like, uh, everyone, everyone, like your your dad's like, uh, everyone, John would like uh, everybody to gather in the living room and there's like, you have, oh. you have chairs set up there and you're up with note cards. He's like, and you're like, okay, okay, I have this interview on Tuesday, all right? Planning on going in with the jokes, but I, I've got like a three-pronged attack and then when they don't laugh, you're you're like, what is your problem? <laughs> like, what is that? Listen, listen. I had an interview last month at Goldman Sachs, and that killed. Okay, I didn't get the job, but it killed. Okay, so you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and and then delivering the punchline, no one laughs, and then going back and explaining right <laughs> what the joke was, and then waiting for the laugh. <laughs> Or crossing out stuff and making notes on your note cards. (laughs) Okay. uh, Make sure that you use humor as a tool to make a point. Illustrate an example and create perception of you as likable. As a likable and pleasant professional. Oh, God. (laughs) Create the perception. Like, doesn't this sound like... Something that's so contrived, anybody with half a brain is going to see through this. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, from a mile away. Attempting. I mean, if you when you think about it, right? The to become, and we've spoken about this on this podcast before. To become a good stand-up comedian, not not great, not one of the best. A good stand-up comedian takes about five to ten years and that's five to ten years of you know doing probably maybe five to ten sets a week maybe or at at least five a week so they're bombing they're not nobody's laughing right so so to actually get up there and make people laugh is a long course to think that you're going to go in there and, you know, knock them dead. <laughs> the first go around is just, it's not, though, if you, I mean, if you have coworkers, right, and you've been working with people for years and you know you're friends with them, you could be a funny person. You could be really funny within that context because you know, you know, you have knowledge about that person and then there's context there. But if you're just going, if you're no, if you're known as the, the company jokester, you are not <laughs> funny. I can guarantee that you are not funny. No, you're a goofball, which is <clears throat> much different than, uh, you're, you're the wacky tie guy, you know, and, uh, you got the Hawaiian shirt on, on Friday and you, you live for it. You just live for those days to, uh, Wear the red nose or whatever. Um, So make sure that you use humor as a tool to make a point, illustrate an example, and create a perception of yourself, a perception of you as a likable and pleasant professional. Again, talk about 
sucking all of the fun. Uh, So let me just finish this. Attempting to use it for anything else is a mistake. Be sensitive to topics of gender, race, disability, sexual orientation, and anything else that could potentially offend. Well, what else is there? I mean, what else are you supposed to joke about? Like, I don't know. You're done. I mean, you're done. Like, I don't don't know. Listen, just like with everything at life, I have to win. So when I go into a meeting, I look for laughs. If I can't deliver humor by my jokes, I go in with the tickles. (laughs) <laughs> just like a just like a child, I get I get right right in the stomach, right on that side region, and I try to tickle you to make you laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, when all else fails, and then your point you made was, uh, if you're not funny, don't try to force it. <laughs> That's what this whole article is about: is like contriving this personality that you don't have. Oh, I love this chocolate. He has another example here where some guy had three tennis balls on his desk. And he already was able to see that the guy had this dynamic personality. So he starts juggling the guy's tennis balls. Uh, Oh, my God. Now, the sight of a professional woman in a business suit juggling tennis balls is a special treat. And we did attract a bit of an audience. I, oh, my oh, God. God. <laughs> That's, oh, oh, this is great. That's job interview humor at its best. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine going in? You don't know anything about the company. You don't really know much about the job. You're just in there trying to get everyone laughing. And you're sweating. And, and your cards are, like, in disarray. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're guy, getting pissed. That, that guy, Greg, he's such a funny guy. I think we should hire him. <laughs> man, does he know anything about the bond market? Not really, but, man, he was juggling those tennis. he's got some zingers. Holy gee. No, seriously, he started juggling the tennis balls. <laughs> I mean... A guy in a suit juggling tennis balls. That's it. I mean, there you go. That, that's a guy we need around the office. You know what I mean? To lighten the mood. I don't like, how about just go in and be yourself? How, how about that? No, no. <laughs> you can't. There's no way you're going in there to be yourself. No. If I go in there to try to be myself, that usually goes very wrong. <laughs> what, what I usually do is I try to read a bunch of articles and books and then I try to memorize everything the night before. And then when I go into the interview, I'm like a deer in headlights trying to remember all the buzzwords and the way <laughs> I should feel and act and the jokes I should tell. Synergy. Uh, synergy. I like synergy. I like an office with synergy. Um, I try to promote synergy among my coworkers and projects dealing with synergy. I just keep throwing it out there. Just, you you know. just, well, you just throw, just throw in buzzwords. You know, yeah. buzzwords out there and seeing if they stick. Yeah. There's a picture here of, of Bill Clinton chuckling with Boris Yeltsin. That's oh. supposed to be like... <laughs> uh, sorry, Natalia Outenreith. This is whose article we're uh, ripping on, but what do you want from me? <laughs> uh, so, um, I don't know. Job interview techniques. Show up on time. Um Try not to eat anything objectionable right before you go in. Don't have spinach in your teeth. Wear professional clothes. Uh, one, actually, I remember reading um, <clears throat> this uh, 
guy showed up to a job interview with his cat in a carrier. And uh, are, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, I thought you were talking to someone else. Um, <laughs> you've already yeah. you've already grown bored with the story you're talking no, no, to someone no, else. My my son just came in because we're, uh, we're we're recording this on a Sunday night, and he's he's asking me when I'm going to get off with this silly person. Hey, tell him this is the, this is his college fun right here. All right, we're we're trying to get you know this is college fun. He's going to be homeschooled by my dog. <laughs> um, I forget what my fascinating story was. Oh yeah, this guy brought his cat in a carrier to the job interview, with the explanation of he was bringing the cat to the vet right after that because the cat had a very pressing medical issue, and uh, <clears throat> so you know he brought the cat to the interview. Listen, like, I <laughs> I always go into work. I've got I got three main things. It's it's humor. It's aggressive hustle, <laughs> all, like always in your face. And then I and then I I back that up with sports. So yeah. it's you know uh, it's, it's f- funny John throwing in the sports and then hustle. And when you mention the Yankees, you high five somebody just out of nowhere. Always. Yo, Always. what about blah blah blah? High five. Hey, Always. what about those Giants? High five. That's John all around. All around. You got the calendars up in your office. All the memorabilia <laughs> around the Giants T-shirt. You know, pinned to the wall. All well, about I li- it. I live for my Sundays. Has anybody asked you about your brackets yet? Uh, yes. yes. Really? Yeah, I've been you asked know, like five times. Ba- back in the day, I used to be um, very, very into March Madness and basketball. And I actually, on two accounts, I won. I won two pools. Uh, but now I, I kind of, my, my son's into basketball, so I've kind of gotten a little bit back into it. Uh, but yes, the, the brackets have come up, you know, we're, we're deep into March madness right now. I've read, uh, specifically about March madness, like how much work productivity is lost to people just watching sports. And I know at school, like kids are on their phones constantly just watching games, highlights and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what the statistics are, but I'm sure it's pretty bleak about how how many people are not paying. You know what? Then again, how many people are are paying attention at work anyway? I know. Yeah, and you know there are other countries like Brazil. They when they were in the World Cup, they just shut down all the universities. Oh, world, banks, I mean, world Cup. I mean, done all those soccer games. Those are religions. They don't pay attention. Yeah, and you know, there's something uh, to be said about that. I mean, it's like. Yeah, you know, sports are like, uh, I used to think they were kind of dumb. And then that guy, Dr. George Sheehan, uh, the, the writing guy, he, you know, was like, well, what else is there in life? Like, that's the fun stuff. Like, you know, you have, like, uh, these kids, all, a bunch of them skipped school. I think we had 50% absence because they all went to the Patriots parade when they uh, won the Super Bowl. And I was like, I mean, I'm not into it. I don't really care that much. But I was like, you know, that might be the only time they ever get to do that. And his point was like, well, that that's what life is. Like watching people play stuff and do things and get a basket into a hoop. And I'm like, 
I've softened quite a bit on my stance. I used to just think it was a ridiculous waste of time, but I thought, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, I mean, what, what else is well, that? Well, you know, it, it's a ridiculous waste of time until it's not. And, you know, I'm not going to begrudge someone who, who likes to spend their time, you know, watching football or soccer. I can see, and I can see how it could be entertaining. You know, the, <clears throat> these, these both on the, you know, uh, men and women, they're, they're amazing athletes Right. And, you know, they work really hard and they persevere and they, you know, win the title or score the goal or whatever it is. Yeah. And I can um, I could admire that. Right. Totally. It's it's you know, it's all. But then again, if you're spending, you know, every waking moment following them and watching. I mean, so there is there is an excess point. But I enjoy, you know, going to a game or watching a game. Uh, but I don't, I don't have a team, you know, I don't like it. Let's put it this way. I'm not, I'm not going to get upset if someone loses. See, that right? annoys me. That really annoys me when someone gets all pouty and pissed off because like the Patriots lost. Cause after a while I'm like, what do you really care? Like, I mean, come on. Like, I know you like to watch the game and it, it's an accomplishment. It's fun. But like, come on, like that, that's the point I think for me is when I'm like, there are more important things to be pissed off and angry oh, you about. Can, you, it can ru- ruin someone's, let alone their day, their entire week. I they know. can be in a, in a yeah. crappy mood because, you know, the Giants lost and it's like, look, the, the New York cares? Giants doesn't necessarily mean that the people who were playing for the Giants, you know, grew up in New York. They're from yeah. all over the freaking world. Like right. what's the, it, it just, I don't, I don't know. I, well, that I don't get the other thing. It's like worrying so much about something that is totally out of your control. To me, there's like, there's so much for people to focus on that is in their control. Like you could do something about, but I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on, does this team win this game that I have no control over? And I'm either going to be happy or sad because of that and it's just like i don't you know that again that's when it, it irritates me and i'm just sort of like but when we talk about like a waste of time i mean i think i watched three episodes of comedians and cars getting coffee i love that show i don't know why i mean it's just like two yeah people I, talking. I, I really did you watch it when it was on well now it's on netflix i just found it on netflix yeah so it used to be i used to just watch it on Right. It was like it was on the web. I just go to comedians getting coffee and cars and just watch it. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. And it's just, you know, two people talking. And, it, you know, when I step back from it, I'm like, OK, you could consider this a huge waste of time. But it's interesting. Like, I, I get something out of it. I don't watch not every comedian I'm interested in seeing. But like he did one with Alec Baldwin, which was great. Uh, Steve Martin, who's like, you know a history of comedy himself. He was huge. I didn't realize what a massive oh, performer he, he, was, he was. He was massive. He would sell out like 10,000 seat places. He was huge. And then he just stopped. He just stopped performing yeah, but, live. But but what I like about that is like you get this like you get a conversation, you know, yeah. and you get and you get um you get a kind of like a, a peek into their world and you learn a little bit about their life story which i think is very interesting look you could 
you, you know, you could you could waste your time watching, you know, series on Netflix, which is just as much as a waste of time you watch in sports. Yeah, oh, there's, totally. there's a there's a balance in life, right? And you could like, you know, you could just read, uh, you know, you could read like great works of fiction or you could read, you know, Us magazine. You, do you know what I mean? It's like or like The Inquirer. Like you could read that from from cover to cover, you know. What's a better you know, better you know, use of your time? Right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you could say like, why why read that particular novel? It's just fiction. It doesn't mean anything particular. And it's like, yeah, I could write, <laughs> but I still get something out of it. I saw last night. I was watching the episode with Cedric the Entertainer. He was great. He was he's really an engaging guy, and um, <clears throat> you know I like I don't know how long Jerry Seinfeld's known him, but like he did one with Gary Shandling, and they they knew each other for thirty some odd years. But the one with Cedric the Entertainer, he was like they were talking about. Um, he was on a show with Steve Harvey, where Steve Harvey was like a music teacher. I think it was called the Steve Harvey Show, actually. And then he's been on some other ones. He's on one right now. And he said, uh, he goes, you know, when Seinfeld went off the air, it was like there were billboards about it and people knew about it for months and it was this big thing and there's retrospectives. And he goes, when black shows go off the air, we just show up and there's a cake. And he's like, (laughs) hey, hey, Steve, what's with the cake? And he's like, "Uh, we're out of work, bro. (laughs) Like that's it. Like they don't they don't do all this stuff. And Jerry Seinfeld's like, yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, it's good. You know, like it it is interesting hearing about these guys and just sort of like uh, you know the history of comedy and and then like I said, he'll interview people who are not comedians and uh, you know they talk about their life and what they do and how they see things and their art and all that. It's interesting. But I guess anything when you boil it down, like I don't know, you might be watching college kids try to throw a basketball through a hoop or you're watching Jerry Seinfeld riding in a car with some other guy <clears throat> or a woman. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well. But you know, the other thing too is like with, um, there, there's something to be said between shared experiences, right? So if we take this onto a higher level is like everybody's in arena rooting for that team, right? There's that yeah. camaraderie and there's that sense of community it's mm-hmm. the same thing that goes on in a movie theater, right? You're all sharing that experience of the story being told to you. Um, so it's and then also too, when you listen to a podcast, you listen to an interview, uh, comedians' cars. Even though it's not at the same time, you're you're all all the you know every all the listeners are listening to the same story. It's a shared experience, and you could then. You know, you're not only sharing that experience in the moment, but you could then talk about it at the water cooler or, hey, that movie was great. It really touched me. Oh, yeah, I saw that scene, blah, blah, blah. I read it's the same thing with a book like you're it's a it's an you're reading. It's a solo endeavor, right? It's a very personal experience, but then you can relate to another person. So this is all, you know, human human beings are very we're, we're social in nature, right? If you if we we all want to be part of a community and then the, and then the also larger 
community of the human race. So it's those connections. And that's why it's that's so strong within um, sports and, you know, all those shared experience activities because there's that connection. And that's why we keep on coming back. Uh, speaking of movies, let me give a shout out to Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden. They just... Uh, directed and it just came out the new marvel captain was it marvel comics movies you know what i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about uh hold on let me find the title did you did you see it or are you just giving them a shout out i didn't see it but uh i have i acted in um let me just find the title here new marvel New Marvel movie. And it is called uh, Captain Marvel. And it is the highest grossing opening day movie with the female lead. And uh, the reason I'm mentioning it, I've known Ryan and Anna for a long time. I acted in Gowanus, Brooklyn. I played the teacher. That was their short film that became Half Nelson with Ryan Gosling. And Ryan Gosling was nominated for an Academy Award for that. They did Mississippi Grind. They did Sugar. Look I'm at, sure look that at you look at you and all your little name dropping and title. Well, I was I was right only now. in I was in Gowanus, Brooklyn, and then we, we went to Sundance that year. This was two thousand four. And it won the grand jury prize for the short films. So then they were able to make Half Nelson. And they've been really successful. And they, they've had this success that is like every filmmaker's dream. They made their first short film for about $3,000. And now they directed Captain Marvel. I mean, they, they've had this arc over the last like 14 years. And I was just chatting back and forth with Ryan a little bit on Instagram. And he, he's a great guy and uh like very down to earth and i mean they're like talk about living the dream like they did it it's really amazing wow. that's yeah. awesome yeah you, you should you should go watch it i know i haven't uh you know i'll have to confess these movies are not generally my cup of tea um and ryan generally does like kind of lower budget i remember him saying one time when uh he was doing half nelson which is a pretty low budget affair um ryan gosling had done like he'd done the notebook i think and then he did another indie movie and then he was in this one which is a real departure for him at that time because he played a crack addicted teacher and all of that and um he said i don't know what i would do with all that money well apparently he figured it out because that was a huge budget movie and uh he really earned it like he's one of those guys and anna and anna as well they're a team they're married and um or still together. I don't know if they're officially married, but they've been working together a long time. And, uh, like talk about two people who have earned it. Like I remember when Ryan was PAing on third watch, which was a show in the two thousands that I PAed on as well. So it's like, this guy went from PA low budget short to directing captain Marvel. Amazing. Great stuff. Shout out Ryan. I'm sure he's listening to this. So shout out. I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure he and is. And Anna. Uh, I'm among the millions that are listening to this episode. Yeah, Anna and Ryan. Let me let me make sure I get each name in. The, the reason I keep mentioning Ryan is cuz he's the one I've spoke to recently, but they're both a great team. They both write. 
They both direct, they produce, uh, Anna's an editor, great stuff. They're like one of those stories. You're like, wow, that's, that's amazing. So, um, live the dream folks. You know, if you want to make a movie, get out there and make, get your iPhone out. Steven Soderbergh just shot his new movie on an iPhone eight. So there you go. There we go. And use your job interview humor, you know? Prepare your jokes. Always go in in head first with the humor. Prepare your joke. Write it on your note cards. Practice in front of your family, in front of the mirror. Go right into material when you get into the job interview. Right into it. And if if things don't go well, you know, just just, uh, bring on the tears. That 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 could work well. <laughs> Pity is a very underrated emotion. Very underrated. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and um, stay tuned for our products on Patreon. And uh, also, be sure to share this lovely podcast with your family and friends on social media, on iTunes, Spotify. Rate, review us. Uh, send in. Um, you have questions for matt and i uh work at theworkingexperience.com we'd love to hear from you and uh, i think that's about it thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the working experience all right everybody thanks a lot thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the working experience we'd like to thank our sponsors one circle media and the still believe app the only app that delivers video proof of the tooth fairy and santa by simply taking a picture Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.